0: All right. First Corinthians 2, 1 through 7 says, Therefore, I exhort that all supplications, prayers, and and giving of thanks is made for all men, for the, for the kings and all who are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who desires that all men will come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For which I'm appointed a preacher and apostle, and I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of Gentiles in faith and in truth. So Paul writes writes this to the church. And I want us to just look a little bit at this before we pray. He says, first, first of all, which means it's the first thing that I want you to think about. And then he speaks about in that first of all that prayers, our public prayers are to be made. We need to be praying publicly. We must express our prayer. This is us publicly together here. We express prayer. And then he speaks of different types of prayer Prayer prayers to be made and supplications. He speaks of intercessions. He speaks of thanksgivings. We've spoken about those before. And just a reminder, a quick reminder supplication is simply asking for something, but asking confidence that God provides according to his word. Prayer is a broad term. It refers to all communication with the Lord that He's speaking about. Intercession speaks of our requests that we make on behalf of other people. And then he goes on and says, "Give thanks." This is the essential part of our walk with God is giving thanks." And he says, "Then we need to have gratitude for these things, for all men, for all people, not just for the ones that we like. For all people. And he says we pray for all these people and we pray evangelistically for them because we pray that they may know the truth. That's our prayer. He says we give thanks even in those that were persecuting the Christians of this time. Paul says give thanks for them. And also pray and intercede for them. Because they have, a, they have a part to play in God's grand scheme of things. Some of us think of being persecuted in America for faith. And I think about it and I'm like, we don't know what persecution is. We think that being canceled and having our voices taken out of social media is being persecuted. That's not persecution. Ask the first church Christians. Ask the Christians in Muslim countries what persecution is. And he says even in that situation give thanks for these people. Pray for them. He doesn't say condemn them. It says pray and give thanks for them. Say so pray for all those who are in authority. In this verse, Paul tells us that we are to pray and give thanks for all the people who are in authority, whether we agree with them or not. Romans 13, um, 1 through uh, 7, Paul speaks about that whosoever is anointed to be leader is anointed by God. And then he says, we pray that we might lead a peacefully and a quiet life in all godliness and reverence. So what we are praying for, we are praying that our government rulers would simply leave us alone to live our Christian life the way we are called to. We are not looking for special favors from our government. Our goal is that there will be a level filled and restricted for us to serve God. The goal here is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, including our leaders. God desires, it says, who desires that all men, all men will be saved. And salvation there is linked to knowing the truth. And the truth we know is Jesus Christ. We spoke about that last week. So I'm going to encourage us as we pray today, that as we pray about this, I want us to think as well, not just of our leaders, but also of our political leaders, but also for our leaders in the church. As they go around and preach the gospel, some of us, we are very quick to pray for missionaries out there, which is awesome, we need to, but also we need to pray for the gospel to advance here in the United States. Remember, we spoke about x 1-8 some time ago, and I said that it's, it's, it's a circle that's going out. He says, you receive power, then the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you'll be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. So let us start here, and we go on and on and on. So I, wanna, I want us to pray as well for the ministers of the gospel in different areas, including ourselves, because we are all called to be ministers of this gospel surprise we are all called to be ministers of this gospel so we're going to pray for that too we're not just going to pray for political things we're not going just to pray for um, all those things but we're going to pray as well for the knowledge of the truth for the truth to God for his truth to match on in our country and in our world so a few things that I would like for us to pray for I've got a slide up there I'll ask Miss Tanya rather to take me or else I'll make a mess with this thing Yep, you can take me to the next slide. So there are a few things that I put down on the slide, I don't think it's showing up there, of things that I want us to pray for. I want us to give thanks. That's the first thing that we are instructed to do, give thanks for all men. And it's connecting to those who are in authority over us, but for all men. Give thanks. So we're going to give thanks to God for our freedoms. We're going to give thanks to God for uh, the opportunities of success that we have in our country. We're going to give thanks to God for all this, the good things that have happened to us. We have been spared from physical persecution. We've been spared from so many things. But also we've been given We have been given a responsibility because we've been spared from that. So we're going to pray and give thanks for those kind of things. And then it says that we will lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And we will pray for a level playing field. We'll pray for our leaders to be able to hear the cries of the oppressed We'll pray for our our country to be able to rise to a standard where everybody, I mean everybody, has an opportunity to hear the gospel, has an opportunity to walk with Jesus. There we are. So we're going to pray for all those in authority. We're going to pray that they'll come under the authority of Jesus and make decisions allowing the gospel to have free course. That's the level field I'm talking about. We're going to pray as well that would will lead a peaceable and quiet life and godly life in all reverence to God. Not in reverence to parties and all these things, but reverence to God. And we'll pray evangelically, pray for the knowledge of the truth, pray for the preaching of the gospel to all mankind, and for rejuvenation of the church towards evangelism here in the United States. I'm going to start, and then I'm going to give us time to pray. The prayer point is going to stay up there. So as you pray, I encourage you. I implore you that, as Ryan said earlier, this is not a time for us to air political views and political squabbles. It's time to pray. It's time for us to pray for our leaders and for our country. And prayer is coming before the great king. And I ask you that we come to the great, before the great king in, in reverence of who he is. He's not our buddy-buddy. Body. Yes, he's our friend, but he's our God. And we approach him with reverence. And sincere hearts because he knows what's in our hearts. So as we said, take time to pray, I encourage you to pray with that attitude. I'll pray and then I'll sit and wait and give you opportunity to raise your voices in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed our country. We thank you that we have been blessed by having freedom to preach the gospel, freedom to be together and serve you, freedom to come together in buildings that are air-conditioned that we can be able to hear each other and see each other over the internet. Thank you for all those freedoms and opportunities for the gospel to go forward. I thank you, Lord, for our country. I thank you, Lord, for the prosperity of America. I thank you, Lord, for the peace we pray, continued peace for America. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to guide our leadership. We pray for President Biden and his team, and we pray for our congressmen. We pray for our Senate leaders. We pray, Lord, for our Governor Holcomb and his team, and we pray for the House, and we pray for the Senate and the state. Lord, we pray that you would be, you would be with them. We pray that you'd guide them, that you'd guide their hearts. I pray for those that know you in those institutions, Lord. That you would help them to step, step up. Step up, speak the truth, walk the truth, walk in love, speak love. And Lord, we thank you and we give you praise. We pray for those that don't know you, Lord, that you would meet them at the point of their need in our government. We thank you and we give you praise. Lord, we also pray for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted all over the world. Pray for peace. Pray for encouragement. Lord, we pray for our leaders in the church. I pray, Lord, that we would walk in a manner that is worth of your calling. I pray, Father, that we would walk in a way that speaks your truth and your love to your people. I pray, Lord, that we would walk in integrity. Would you forgive us, Lord, where we have not walked in integrity? We confess where, as the church and as the leaders of the church, we have not walked in the way that you've called us to. Lord, I pray that you would help us. We cannot do it without you. So we invite you and we invite your presence. Thank you for our country, Lord. And thank you for what you're doing in our country.
1: I want us to think about how, how do we celebrate the 4th of July Christianly? How do we do that as, as Christians? And I want to give us some suggestions today as we think about how we, as followers of Jesus, live as Americans and celebrate this Independence Day. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be reminded every day that our first citizenship, our first loyalty, our first commitment is to Christ and to his kingdom. Russell Moore often says that as Christians, we will be Americans best when we are not Americans first. We will be Americans best when we are not Americans first. In other words, we will be the very best citizens of America when we are fully committed, wholeheartedly citizens of our heavenly country. We will do the most good for our neighbors around us and for our country if we are firmly committed to Christ and his kingdom first. Jesus says it this way, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things will be added to you. So I think we need to be reminded of this every day, because we're prone to have all sorts of things get in the way of our allegiance to Jesus, and then certainly in patriotic moments like the 4th of July, because this reminds us of the proper order of our love and our commitments. Seek first the kingdom of God, and when those things, whatever they are, get out of order, it can cause us problems as followers of Jesus. So there are simply three things that I want us to remember today as we uh, celebrate the 4th of July as Christians. First, to remember that Jesus, our King, sets our agenda. Jesus, our King, sets our agenda. James chapter 3 verse 17 says this, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, and then peace-loving, and then considerate, and then submissive full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. There's one word that I want us to focus on here. The wisdom that comes from above is impartial. Do you know what the opposite of impartial is? Partisan. And all of us are guilty of allowing our political partisanship to set our agendas to tell us what's important, to tell us what we should care about, to tell us what we should put our time and energy into. Political partisanship divides us and tells us who our enemies are, tells us how bad our neighbors are who think this or that thing differently than us. We are called to be people who have wisdom from above, wisdom that is impartial, that does not consider ourselves and our interests first, but considers our neighbor and their interests first. Partisanship cannot get us where we need to go. One side of the political divide is not the answer. Our world really, 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 really needs us to be citizens of heaven, really needs us to be people who live from wisdom, that is from above. So let's first remember today that Jesus, our King, always sets our agenda. Secondly, let's remember our neighbor. Remember our neighbor. A while back, uh, we were in staff meeting, and uh, Rob Fisher—he always has unique gifts and things to offer to our staff. On Tuesdays at staff meetings. Um, Always has an interesting thing for us to think about. And a couple years ago, he brought in an obituary to a staff meeting to show it to us. And this is what the obituary said. Harold Corr, 71, of Fort Wayne, died on Friday, November the 6th. Any known family, please contact D.O. McComb & Sons. This man died with no family, no known family, no one around him who cared. Now, I'm going to point a finger right now, and it's going to be right at me. Most of us, including myself, are more concerned, more anxious about what's happening in Washington, D.C. or Indianapolis than what's happening with our hurting and lonely neighbor right next to us. Our country really, really needs citizens of heaven, people who have wisdom from above, because that wisdom from above tells us to love our neighbor as ourself, that person right next to you. So celebrating the 4th of July, I think, reminds us to, as a Christian, reminds us to remember our neighbor. And third, I want us to remember our, our first family. Today, we are going to, as fellow citizens with other Americans, we're going to join together and we're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs and we're going to watch fireworks tonight and it's going to be great. It's going to be good. And let's also remember today that we have brothers and sisters in other countries that do not enjoy the freedoms that we have. Brothers and sisters who are persecuted and oppressed by the governments that they live under. Family members, our brothers and sisters who live in China and in India and in Nigeria and in Iran. The strange thing is that we have more in common with these brothers and sisters of ours who are believers in Jesus than we have with our American neighbors around us who do not know Jesus. And so we are joined together with these fellow followers of Jesus throughout the world forever in Christ. And so I would encourage you that when the fireworks are going off this evening, as we celebrate our great country and the independence and freedoms that we have here, let's also remember our brothers and sisters in Christ in prayer who do not get to enjoy the freedoms of our country like we do. I would like to lead us in a prayer from Psalm 146. And I've adapted this prayer from Psalm 146, and I would just like for us to pray it together. Let's pray together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Help me to praise you with all my life. Help me to praise you as long as I live. Lord, Keep me from putting my trust in kings and presidents and politicians, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Remind me that you are my help, O God of Jacob. Our hope is in you. You are the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. You remain faithful forever. You uphold the cause of the oppressed and give food to the hungry. You, O Lord, set prisoners free. You give sight to the blind and lift up those who are bowed down. You, O Lord, love the righteous. You watch over the foreigner and sustain the fatherless and the widow, but you frustrate the ways of the wicked. You, O Lord, reign forever, God of Zion for all generations. Praise the Lord. Praise
2: the Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Yeah, My name is Matthew, in case we haven't met. I'm one of your missionaries. My, my picture, and my family's picture, sometimes shows up on the back wall. This is what I look like in person. And I have a calling for you today. And uh, I'm going to make this very simple and very short. Uh, I'm calling you to be evangelists. So much has already been said about that today from Sims and Ryan. And I feel very strongly about this. And you might say, yeah, of course, you're the missionary. But uh, today, all around our country, and probably this very Sunday, there are pastors who are calling their churches to political activism. Uh, whether it's on the left, they're saying, you got to be active and stand up for justice issues. Or whether it's the right, you've got to be politically active. And I want to tell you that... Uh, Jesus has not called us to political activism. He's called us to biblical evangelism, to share the gospel with people who need it. And there are a lot of problems in our country, in our world. We have a lot of problems all around the world, things that grieve us, things that grieve the spirit. But that doesn't change our calling. I want to read uh, just something from Luke 13. This is actually the very last passage I taught in Hungary about four weeks ago uh, This is Luke 13, the first few verses. It says there were some present at that time who told him, Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. You may have never heard that or read that before. This is just a little odd sentence in the Bible. Evidently, Pilate we know Pilate, he's a bad guy. He's a cruel guy, a cruel governor of uh, Jerusalem. For some reason, he killed some Galileans who were in town, uh, bringing sacrifices. Maybe they were priests in the temple. We don't know. But he mixes their blood with the sacrifices. This is a political scandal. This is blasphemy. People. This is the talk of the town. People are upset about this, and so they say, Jesus, what do you have to say about this? What's your opinion? And he answered, as he often does with a question, he says, do you think that those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? Do you think they deserved it? The rhetorical answer is no. They didn't deserve it any more than any other uh, person living in Galilee or in, in, in Israel at the time. No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And then Jesus shows us that really, really he is informed. He knows what's going on in his world. He says, Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. I think what Jesus would say to us you think it's a scandal what's happening in your society? You think it's a travesty what's happening in your country? You, you're upset about things. The greater tragedy is if you die in your sins. The greater tragedy is if you die without repenting. And uh, I'm sure Jesus would say, "Yeah, these are these are important issues." And those 18 people, I knew their names. You know, they were people that I loved. Uh, I created them; they're important, but in comparison, <laughs> in comparison with repentance, it's not important. And uh, and so I want to call you today: don't don't follow the culture, the Christian culture in America that says you have to be politically involved. No, you have to be evangelists; share the gospel. In word and deed. Because that's what matters. And I should say, if you're sitting here today and you haven't repented, today's a great day to repent. The gospel is all about freedom. Wouldn't that be great if you became born again on Independence Day? But for you, it would be Dependence Day. You would be free in Christ and dependent on the Father Right? It's a great day. It's a great day. And if you don't know how to do that, uh, after the service, there's several people who would love to help you repent and be saved. But I, wanna, I want us to look beyond just our personal repentance. If you are in Christ today, the world is dying uh, without Christ are we going to bicker about what's going on in our society? Or are we going to, with loving hearts, share the gospel, share the love of Christ, share the message that has changed us? I think we do the second. It doesn't mean we're ignorant or that we, like, check out of our society. It just means that in comparison, we are clear about it. We are, we are clear that in comparison to the gospel... There's, all of the messages are a far second. They're way down the list. Um, we were in Hungary just uh, four weeks ago. That's where we live. And um, so we got on an airplane, first time in three years. It felt strange. Uh, and what I do on airplanes is I, I watch dumb movies. Because what else do you do, right? And I watched the Justice League. I never watch superhero movies. But if you've watched the Justice League, uh, maybe you'll remember this scene. The Justice League has, it's like an ensemble movie. All the superheroes are there. There's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and uh, some that I don't even know their names. But there's a a new superhero, a young superhero named Flash, and he's super fast. That's why he's called Flash. Flash. And the first kind of fight scene breaks out. And there's a hostage situation. And, you know, all the superheroes are about ready to, you know, fight these, I don't know, these scary things. And and Flash turns to Batman and says, I'm not a superhero. I've never fought. I, I don't know how to do this. You fight all the time. You know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. Have you guys watched the movie? It's a pretty, it's a dumb movie. But I like this line. Batman looks, looks at Flash and he says, Just save one person. He said, Just save one person. Just save one. And Flash is like, Okay, just save one I think I can do it. And then he says, Then he asks, And then what? <laughs> and then Batman says, You'll know. You'll know. So, my challenge to you today, my call to you is to be an evangelist. You don't know how to do it? Nobody does. Okay? Nobody knows how to Nobody knows how to open a heart, but God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given a message. Uh, just, just find one person, and um, find one person. And after that, you'll know. So we're going to do. We're going to pray in two ways today, right now. Um, the first thing I thought maybe just uh, turn to somebody next to you. And if you have a name right now of that one person, maybe it's a cousin that you're going to see this afternoon and have a hot dog with. Uh, maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's one of your own children. I want you to turn to somebody and just share that name. And very quickly, uh, I want you to pray for, for those people. Okay? So we'll do that. It'll take a minute. So find a partner. Share that name. I really would love to see my cousin, my coworker, worker my, my whoever, my mother. Saved. So just pray for them today and do it together out loud. Got it? The second way we want to pray today, if you read early in the book of Acts, there's a couple times where the church is together and they're praying. And the first time is Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes. And what did they do? They went out on the streets and declared the glories of God. And thousands of people were born again. A miracle. A miracle. Uh, probably just a few weeks later, uh, they're again together praying after some of the disciples had, been, had spent a night in, in jail. And they prayed specifically for boldness. Wouldn't you agree with me that, that we lack boldness? Some of you, you know, look at the Edwards family and other missionaries and you think, oh, you're so bold. That's not true. It's not true. We, we are so weak and so fearful when it comes to sharing the gospel. And we need to come together as a church and pray for boldness. And... Um, And the great thing was that that God heard those prayers and the place was shaken. Another miracle happened. We're going to pray right now for boldness, uh, and God's going to hear these prayers. So I want you all to stand up. And I don't know if you do this much here, but I was, somebody said it's Korean style prayer. I don't know. But we're all going to lift up our voices all together, okay? We're not going to listen to each other's prayers. We're all going to individually out loud pray. To our Father who is in heaven and ask him to give us the spirit of boldness, his church, that we might proclaim the gospel. So let's, let's all pray together.